It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Hello Barracuda fans, I'm Nick Nolenberger. Thanks for joining us for another edition of CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the NHL's San Jose Sharks. In this episode, we've got a great interview on tap with recently signed defenseman Carlos Shuksta. But since the last time we spoke, a lot has went down in the hockey world, including the Lightning being crowned Stanley Cup champions, the 2020 NHL draft, and 2020 NHL free agency. First and foremost, a huge congratulations is in order for former Barracuda slash Shark forward Barkley Goodrow, who played a vital role in the Lightning capturing their second Stanley Cup in franchise history. Goodrow played 118 games for the Barracuda from 2015 to 2017, leading the club with 25 goals during the 2016-17 campaign still a franchise single-season watermark. Goodrow was also the only player in franchise history with multiple hat-tricks. In fact, he scored three over his Barracuda tenure. His 45 goals overall places him only behind Alex True and John McCarthy for the most in Cuda history. Of course, the Sharks traded Goodrow to the Lightning before the trade deadline in exchange for Tampa Bay's 2020 first-round pick which leads us into the perfect segue for our next topic. Last week, the NHL conducted its 58th annual NHL Amateur Draft and the first virtual draft in its history. The Sharks entered the draft with seven picks and three within the top 60. They ended up selecting nine players in total, all of which play forward, including Ozzie Weisblatt, who they took with their first pick, 31st overall, from the WHL's Prince Albert Raiders. Myself and Dan Ruzanowski will take a deep dive into the 2020 NHL Draft in the coming weeks. So keep an eye out for that on the Sharks Audio Networks. Right before the draft, the Sharks traded for veteran goaltender Devin Dubnik and 24-year-old forward Ryan Donato from the Minnesota Wild. They then re-signed forward Jaden Holbgawax and defenseman Jake Middleton to two-year contracts. In addition, they signed defenseman Nicholas Malosh and forward Antti Suomela to one-year deals. The Barracuda also announced the signing of forward Manny Whittier to a one-year AHL contract, and the Sharks issued qualifying offers for Jonathan Dolan and Tony Soon. Once free agency opened, the Sharks re-signed forward Kevin LeBanc, Stefan Nason brought back Patrick Marlowe, as well as Matt Nieto. In other news, the Carolina Hurricanes announced they signed former Barracuda slash Shark defenseman Joachim Ryan to a one-year, two-way contract. Ryan spent last year with the LA Kings. 
And the Vegas Golden Knights announced they had added former Barracuda Rookie of the Year, Danny O'Regan. In addition, Troy Grosnick, who stands atop almost every Barracuda goaltending record, returns back to the AHL's Pacific Division, signing with the LA Kings on a two-way deal. And last, the New York Rangers have announced they have signed three former Barracuda forwards in Colin Blackwell, Anthony Greco, and Johnny Brodzinski. In AHL Pacific Division news, the Islanders signed former Flame-slash-Heat forward Austin Zarnick and former Colorado Eagles-slash-Avalanche forward A.J. Greer. In addition, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms inked former Bakersfield Condor defenseman Logan Day, the Kings added former Colorado Eagles captain Mark Alt, the Washington Capitals added former King-slash-Rain Blue liner Paul Ledoux, the Arizona Coyotes signed forward Dryden Hunt, formerly of the Springfield Thunderbirds and Florida Panthers. The Ducks announced they signed forward Vinny Letary, formerly of the Hartford Wolfpack slash New York Rangers, and brought back former draft pick Andy Walensky from the Flyers organization. The Blues signed former Heat goaltender John Gillies, and the Sabres signed former Shark D-man Brandon Davidson. And the Avalanche signed former goals slash duck forward Kiefer Sherwood. The Red Wings added a pair of former goals in forward Kyle Criscolo and goaltender Kevin Boyle. And the Penguins added former Condor slash Oilers forward Josh Curry, while the Panthers signed former Heat slash Flames forward Ryan Lomber. And last, as part of a trade between the Avalanche and the Blackhawks that included Nikita Zadorov and Brandon Saad, the Hawks acquired former Avalanche slash Eagles D-man Anton Lindholm. All right, let's take a deep breath. That's enough for signings and transactions. Now let's send it to our conversation with Carla Shuksta. We do want to make one quick note. Since we spoke to Shuksta, the Barracuda have since loaned the defenseman to HK Mogo, a professional club in his native country of Latvia. We are pleased to be joined by one of the newest members of the San Jose Barracuda defenseman, Carlos Schuchster, just signed an AHL contract on September 1st. How does it feel to be inked up and be ready to roll whenever the season does start? Uh, I'm really excited. I actually can't wait for the season to start, so hope it hope it's soon, so but I'm ready. Is it a bit of relief for you to have that contract knowing that you'll be in the American Hockey League this upcoming season? You didn't sign your entry-level contract, so it made you a free agent. But to sign with the Sharks organization and their AHL affiliate, was that a relief for you? Uh, I think it was, especially in times like these where it's kind of there's a lot of uncertainty involved. But it was definitely nice to you know, get that ink down and uh, sign the contract and just you know where you're going and what you're really training for. So it was good. Let's rewind a little bit. Back in 2015, that was your draft year, a fifth-round pick by the Sharks. There were some notable names in that draft. Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Timo Meyer. the Sharks selected ninth overall. Matt Marzo, we saw light it up in the bubble. The list really goes on and on. It was a, a spectacular draft. What do you remember from draft day? It was five years ago now, but what are uh, your recollections from that day? Uh, it was actually kind of funny. I was uh, I was upstairs. I wasn't really even watching the draft. My my parents were though, and uh, I talked to my buddy. He was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he said he's talked to like twelve or thirteen teams or whatever. And I talked to San Jose, so I was like, 
I, I mean, the interview went well, but you know, what are the odds? So I was just kind of, I didn't want to like watch it and not get drafted and it kind of hurt. So I was just kind of minding my own business. I think I was playing like video games or something like that upstairs. And I, I hear my parents downstairs. They're like 130. And I was like, I, I knew right away. It's probably the, the number I was uh, picked in. So I ran downstairs and I'll, I'll celebrate after. It was a pretty great day. Well, there are a ton of, you know, NHL guys from Latvia, but the Sharks just happened to select one 12 picks later in Rudolph Spalser's in a bit of an ironic twist. Of course, Spalser's not part of the Ottawa Senators organization, but he did play for the Barracuda, was an all-star with the group before going over in that trade that included Eric Carlson. Who was the guy that you looked up to as a youngster in that area, you know, as you tried to aspire to be a professional hockey player down the line? Uh, I think from uh, the local guys, kind of what uh, really stood out to me was Carlos Crestens. He used to play uh, for uh, Nashville or in Dallas, and he tragically uh, passed away in the, the infamous plane crash. So he was always the player. I kind of modified my game after he was blocking shots and trying to get involved in every game. I think he held the record for like the most consecutive games for a pretty long time. So. He was uh, the kind of guy that I wanted to uh, be in, and his name was Carlos too, so it just kind of fit right. <laughs> so, uh, but from from American players, I think my favorite player growing up was Duncan Keith. I know he's a little he's built a little different than I am, but it was kind of fun to watch him play. Yeah, a little bit more on the undersized uh, side of the spectrum is Duncan Keith. You've got the big frame. You played junior hockey for just a season with the Chicago Steel in the USHL. That was back in 2015-16 before. You went on to Quinnipiac, but you were drafted by the Ruin Miranda Huskies in the QMJHL and the CHL import draft that same year. What was the thought process on going and playing in, in the U show compared to electing to play in the Quebec League? And was that decision made because you had aspirations of eventually playing college hockey? Um, I think it, I have to say thanks to my parents for kind of, uh, you know, instilling values in me that education is important. And I think that kind of ultimately drove me to play in the United, United States and then eventually go to Quinnipiac. But yeah, for, for me, I just graduated from high school and I was like, maybe I like, I want to, you know, chase the dream and not go to school anymore and stuff like that. But I'm definitely grateful that they did lead me in the right path and uh, I haven't looked back ever since. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, did you graduate in Illinois? Is that where you ended up going to high school? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I started the year in uh, Waterloo, then I got traded to Chicago Steel, where, and that's where I finished high school and took all my exams and stuff. So before you came over to the States, did you have any background in, in speaking English? Because you're four years through college and, and you've got a pretty um, subtle accent. There's not a lot there. So your English is pretty good. Is that when you first began when you came over to play in the USHL? Well, when I was in middle school we had English every day. It was like more of like a specialized um, uh, middle school compared to the rest. And I think that helped me in like the grammar and stuff. But in terms of like just speaking, I, you know, I, when I first came here, I had a pretty thick accent and I think it's just talking to people and learning and, you know, all that stuff in college that you do. It, it, it helped me kind of to learn to speak more fluently and to put all my knowledge that I probably knew before, I just put to use. So, Well, it's pretty impressive. It's always uh, refreshing from my standpoint because I'm conducting so many interviews when you have a guy who is from the overseas and has the ability to, to speak English and speak it so fluently. 
looking back at your college career, you miss just a couple of games and it's because of the World Junior Championships. You've got a big frame, you're 6'3", they got you listed at 220 pounds. Clearly you're durable, um, having played, I believe it was 129 consecutive games to finish out your college career. Um, a defensively responsible blue liner, um, clearly an intelligent player. But what else are the Barracuda uh, getting in you when you join the fold this upcoming season? What should fans should expect about your game? Uh, I'm, I think I'm a guy that's willing to do whatever it takes for the team to win. So if it's, you know, me blocking shots on the penalty kill, like I'll do that. I'm not really scared of that. So just being uh, defensively responsible, if I can just, you know, get the puck on the blue line and put a puck on net, I think I have a pretty good shot. So hopefully uh, either it, it goes in or at least it creates a rebound and, you know, Ford's can put, put it in. You didn't end up signing your, your entry-level contract with the Sharks. We mentioned you were a 2015 draft selection, but you do hop on board with their American League affiliate in the Barracuda. Almost in a sense, it's a tryout situation for you because you'll still have the same group that drafted you, keeping tabs on you now and being able to watch your games live, being that you will be in San Jose. What parts of your game do you feel like you need to continue to improve on to eventually compete for an NHL job? Uh, I think one thing that's been uh, kind of constant over the course of my career, it's been, you know, skating, having like a big frame is good. But sometimes, you know, when you have a uh, skill fast forwards coming down the, the flank, you kind of have to keep up with them. So like pivoting, skating, I think that's, that's what I've been focusing on for the past three years. So I think it's getting better, but you know, it's, it's never good enough. So it's, you always have to keep working on that. And, you know, just having awareness in the defensive zone and stuff like that. But I think skating is a big part. I'm sure you worked on your skating during development camps that you participated in. You, you have five development camps being that you were drafted in 2015. What do you get from those week-long get-togethers uh, over the years? What, what type of things do you feel like you were able to learn during, during the week-long development camps that you participated in? I actually think they're really valuable. I mean, the first couple I went to, it was just mind-boggling that, like, what kind of happened, like, all this testing and stuff. I remember, like, the first year I had did the, the Airdyne fitness test, and I just, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So I'm kind of grateful that I got in there early and, uh, you know, it kind of put me in check, like, what I need to work on and opened my eyes a little bit. But uh, I think there there's so much little stuff that, like, all the coaches, all the all the scouts, they kind of give you. That's uh, I think they learned on the pro level. And I think for me, like coming from juniors and playing college, I think just the little things that you kind of pick up on. You're kind of being a sponge every um, every 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 time you go there. So I think it's a little thing, and also like nutrition and just being a pro all around. I think that's very valuable as well. I think they uh, they put emphasis on that as well. Talking about the aerodyne testing, I know that's a big point of conversation leading into NHL drafts because that's something they test guys on during the combine. Why is that so difficult? I've ridden the aerodyne. I know they are hard. Why is that so physically demanding? I mean, for me, I had never done that before in my life, before I went to that camp. So yeah, I always rode the, the regular bike, but like when you put the arms in there as well, it just kind of creates you get gassed so much quicker than you do on a regular bike. So that, ever since that camp, I've been, uh, whenever I can get my hands on one of those bikes, I make sure I put some, uh, put emphasis on a little conditioning and uh, airdyne tests. Cause uh, yeah, now I've grown to love that bike, but the first camp, uh, I, I did not want to see that thing for another year. 
Well, I'm happy uh, you're starting to enjoy the aerodyne because I know there's a few of those sprinkled throughout the gym that uh, Marcello Martinelli, who's our strength and conditioning coach, is going to probably throw you on that a few times. You mentioned improving your skating as a big body. What type of things have you been kind of working on, you know, leading into this upcoming season to try to improve on that? Is there anything you can do away from the ice to try to work on that quickness and foot speed? Yeah, I've been going to track more often uh, than I probably do in other off seasons. I think just uh, doing some speed work on the track helps. I mean, on, on the ice, I I focus on pivoting and uh, just skating backwards. Because, I mean, for a defenseman, uh, you, you actually spend a lot of the time that you play just skating backwards. So uh, that's always an emphasis that uh, I, I kind of work on. Okay, I got one last question for you. You were a psychology major at Quinnipiac. Did you ever have to give any of your teammates during your time there an assessment? Hockey's a mental game. Did you ever have to imply and use a little bit of uh, your degree on some of your teammates? Uh, yeah, well, they have professionals for that, so they use the actual sports psychologists. Uh, I'm not trained for that just yet, but maybe sometime in the future. So I never really had to do that. It was uh, more of the coaching staff and the sports psychologists that we use. Okay, I, I respect it. You weren't trying to use some of uh, what you were learning on your teammates. They probably appreciated that as well. I didn't want to. I didn't want to lead them in the wrong direction. So <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get them off track, and then it's it's even. You need to really bring some people in to get them get them back in line. Um, yeah. we're, we're looking forward to having you in in the fold um, whenever the season does kick off. Um, I know uh, you're excited to get out here as well. So whenever that is, we look forward to it. Stay safe in the meantime, and thank you again for doing this. All right, thank you guys. Thank you.